Mr. Pop. Dark. When the little birds are nesting, and I listen to them too, there's two lonesome people in the whole wide world. That's me and the man in the moon. Hello, and welcome to Miskatonic University Radio, a podcast exploring fantasy flight games as Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm Dane. I'm Dan. And I'm Ben. And today, we're going to discuss our first impressions of the player cards and the return to the path to Carcosa. Uh, wait a minute, Dane. I, I can't help but notice, uh, I still do not have a copy of Return to the Path to Carcosa, as I, I believe it has not yet been been released. So why why are we talking about it? <laughs> Question well, it's not widely released yet. Well, except in all of Europe and everywhere not United States, but well, whoever went to Gen Con, uh, my partner was lucky enough to pick us up a copy, which I have. Uh, so by us, I mean me. Now you're just bragging. Okay, <laughs> I see. All right, so Europe has it, Gen Con has it, Dane has it, uh, Dan and Ben don't have it. That's fine. That's I mean, we're not mad. That's fine. Yeah. Anyway, should we uh, should we start talking about these cards? Yeah, let's get right on it. And and I guess we should mention off the bat, so it seems like the pattern for these return to boxes is no completely new cards, but rather upgraded or sometimes downgraded versions of existing cards, right? Yeah, except for the weaknesses, but definitely all the player cards. Yeah. Everything will be warmly welcomed, I'm sure. So the first uh, the first new player card, so we have a upgraded version of the 32 Colt. So this version is a two-cost level two guardian asset with two combat icons and it's an item, a weapon, and a firearm. It takes up a hand slot, and it says, Uses six ammo, action, spend one ammo, fight, you deal plus one damage for this attack. Free, triggered, lightning bolt, swift action, immediate action, dot exe. <laughs> it's just a fast trigger. <laughs> fast trigger, spend one resource, return 32 Colt to your hands. And in comparison to the original one, this is level two instead of level zero. It costs one resource less. It has an additional combat icon. And the fast trigger action is new, where you get to return it back to your hand. Uh, also, it has no flavor text on it, which is a big miss. Oh, no. That was the big thing for me. Yeah. They nerfed this card. They they took away the, the flavor text. There's no historical information about, you know, who owned this card or this gun in the 1920s. But, uh, yeah, what, what do you guys think about the, the new level 2 32 Colt? Seems like something for Mark to use. Yeah, sometimes when they do these... There's not really a noticeable difference. For example, I believe Lure was the last one that that was like, there's basically no difference except for for like one line of text. This, there's some alteration in pretty much every aspect, right? You've got, it costs one less, it has one additional combat icon, and it has a fast action on it, which you can spend the resource to return it to your hand. Also, there's the, the lack of uh, flavor text. So like, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, I think that I I used to play the original thirty two a lot in in Mark. I guess I, I guess I still would. I just haven't played Mark in a little while. But I think that costing less is always great. An additional combat icon is kind of nice. The the fast trigger to return it to your hand could be cool in some situations, especially I don't know if that's like your only asset and you're about to lose it to Cryptchill or something. Could be fine. Oh yeah. But I think that it's a uh, part of the point of the thirty two is it has six bullets in it, so you kind of usually that's enough. Like usually the reason you're playing it is you probably don't need more than that. So I'm not sure how often you're going to do that just to get more ammo, but it's nice to have the option in, ca- in case you do need it. Six ammo, read infinite. <laughs> yeah, well, kind of. I mean, especially like maybe this is different now that Machete is on the taboo list, but previously, like if I would just play a Machete and a 32, and that was pretty much all, all that you really needed. Yeah, yeah, definitely big asterisk here, though, because Mark is the only Guardian so far that has five combat. And he also can think about his dead wife to make his combat go straight up to seven without any help at all. So I think that he's the only one that can really like boast using this grade. Just imagine how much, how even more powerful Mark would become if, like John Wick, his dog was killed as well as his wife. <laughs> like, I mean, he's think about it. He's already the best investigator, and only his wife is dead. If a bunch of Russian gangsters just killed his dog, he would be unstoppable. All of his stats would just permanently increase by like three, and he would start doing like weird Russian kung fu gun moves. <laughs> where he like throws someone to the ground and then shoots them in the head. It would be really good. Sorry, what were we talking about? <laughs> Anyways, the 32 Colt, it's a good upgrade, but I think that it's kind of more of a luxury upgrade for Mark specifically. I couldn't think of another investigator that I'd want to take the 32 Colt in. That being said, there's just like so much that you want before this. Yeah, a lot of other investigators probably want the 45 upgrade rather than this. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking this would be maybe should have been like one experience 
or maybe had like one less of the benefits to it because what do we say one less cost one extra icon and the fast trigger yeah and just half the flavor text they could have made it still cost three and had the fast trigger or something and been level one that would be fine even as is maybe level one would have been fine for it yeah because you're not going to get this before you get your like stand togethers and upgraded beat cops and monster slayers and upgraded vicious blows and all those other like more important cards yeah exactly something that subclass guardians could use maybe but that's a good point too yeah but, you know, not not bad. Good to have the option. Yeah, I like it being here. Uh, what's the next card? The next card we've got is Eat Lead, level zero. This one costs uh, one to play. Uh, it's an event. It is still commits for the same one combat, one agility. Um, it's still a tactic, which means Mark can play it, but it's already a guardian card. <laughs> Fast, whenever you activate the fight ability on a firearm asset, spend one additional ammo token from this asset. When you would reveal chaos tokens for this attack, Reveal one additional chaos token. Choose one to resolve and ignore the other. So I think this is kind of a way for you to um, to help guarantee that something hits. So for example, if you're if you're using like a lightning gun and you really want to make sure the hit hits its big big juicy target, there's no way that you can draw two auto fails, right? Like what could possibly go wrong? Uh, the only downside being, of course, that you're spending two ammo for one attack. I think the uses for it are like combining with a weapon that has a lot of ammo. Like even the thirty upgraded thirty two cult, you could. Use it to shoot off two bullets. Maybe you, that helps compensate for not having a, a strength bonus on the 32 cult. And you're not playing Mark, so you actually want that to draw tokens instead. And then you can, you know, refill with the cult's ability or, you know, other weapons that have lots of ammo or combo it with extra ammo or something. I don't know. Yeah, because it's, it's still, um, you know, the reason that, like, the grotesque statue is really good is because a lot of times if you have a very important test, you can commit cards and use abilities and things to get to the point where the only token that will make you fail is the tentacles, the auto fail, and then you just really want to not draw the auto fail. And like with the grotesque statue, you draw two, so you just even if you get the auto fail, you pick the other one. So you can do kind of the same thing with this at the cost of spending an extra ammo. Could be good in some situations. I just I think it's kind of too bad that you can only use this when you are fighting and only when you're using a firearm, not when you're using like a machete or some other type of weapon. It's just it's kind of a little bit specific. But if all of your weapons are firearms, it might be okay to play one of these just just because, you know, you might save it for the end of the scenario when you're fighting some horrible enemy with retaliate and all you really need to do is like hit it once and you just want to make absolutely sure not to draw the tentacles. That's kind of narrow and it's maybe not worth spending a card slot on this, but it's at least sort of worth thinking about in that kind of situation. Just because it's level zero, I think it's more likely that I might try it out at some point in like a gun focus deck, like maybe even like a fighting joe diamond or something yeah i agree because it a little bit less investment to do that because that's what i was really trying to say is like the higher level version you can spend x additional ammo but usually drawing two tokens is already great like yeah two tokens lets you avoid tentacles or whatever it gives you a very good chance to get at least one that's pretty good it's kind of diminishing returns to spend more than that and you probably don't want to spend more ammo so i i would almost always play this over the level two version yeah i agree i think it's just a better kind of a splash for an interesting tech for for a firearm thing kind of like uh ben was saying and i, I think it's kind of welcome it's definitely better than the level two version just by that virtue just by the fact that i would never pay two uh you know pips of experience just to get this effect yeah, and keep this in mind, you know, we saw in um, The Forgotten Age, they introduced the alert keyword so that enemies would attack if you failed to evade them, and that kind of changed the dynamics a little bit. Maybe, suppose there was a future campaign where retaliate was, like, much more of a focus, where, like, most of the enemies had really bad retaliate effects, like, they don't do much damage, but if they retaliate, they do extra damage, or they put doom on the agenda or something like that. If there was some scenario or campaign where, like, retaliate is a huge theme, then, you know, the level 245 becomes better, this becomes better, just something to keep in mind. Yeah, and I mean, this This is also a great include for the Jim Draws Many uh, many Chaos Tokens deck where you have everything that draws all the Chaos Tokens in Jim. Because he can splash for this and a couple firearms. <laughs> sure, if you want to make that deck even worse. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting challenge deck, Dane. <laughs> not sure. It's not the first place I would go with it, but... Let us, let us know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm very concerned the next time we hang out and play, that's what we'll be seeing. <laughs> I, hope, I hope our friend Colin doesn't listen to this episode. Uh, that's, uh... <laughs> Let's let's move on to uh, the next card. All right, so the next card is Logical Reasoning, level four. Uh, it is a Seeker event, cost two. It has three willpower icons on it as opposed to two on the original. And the effect is for each clue you have to a maximum of three, either heal two horror from an investigator at your location or discard a terror card at your location. 
And then there's a, cl- a quote from Plato on there. You forgot the super important trait that it has, which uh, is very relevant. <laughs> oh, insight. Oh, man. I, know. I don't know how I skipped over that. You're right. Finally, they're printing some insights. They only have a few of these. Yeah. Uh, well, it's the previous version did have insight on it. I guess that's why I skipped over it because, you know. It's yeah, a, that's fair. Not yeah. much of a change there. So I, I guess the main difference with this card is like when you play it, it's kind of like you're playing up to three copies of Logical Reasoning. Right. Uh, for the same cost of two. Which could be pretty powerful. Obviously, it's restricted because you need to have the three clues, but a lot of the time, Seeker has to have clues unless they have to spend them for whatever the scenario requires. But definitely a powerful horror heal um, or getting rid of some tarot cards. Yeah. Healing six horror, you know, that's pretty good. I just think that, uh, you know, four XP in Seeker gets you a cryptic research, uh, five XP gets you a um, glimpse of the unthinkable. Like, there's just a lot of incredibly good high XP Seeker cards. And I think it's hard to, it's probably hard to justify spending XP on this, but, you know, there's some applications for it, probably. Yeah. I think Carolyn would probably think about this one. Yeah, I was about to say that, too. More than a regular Seeker. Can she take it? Yeah, because it heals oh, horror. It heals horror. Yeah. So, yes, yeah. it does. And I guess, yeah, well, and she can play Delves, too, so, like, maybe she can kind of get the extra XP that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing I was thinking was, we've seen, going back to uh, Combo Town, you know, we've seen that the combos that are using the fact that you can reshuffle your deck when it runs out of cards have to have some way to deal with taking a horror each time they do that. So we've seen them looping like cherished keepsakes and stuff. This is a card that just heals so much horror that maybe if you had some kind of combo deck that relies on playing a seeker card to draw a bunch of cards, like like a fast seeker card, and then getting extra action somehow, and then playing this every few cycles so that you don't go insane, you know, it could be a part of a combo like that. Yeah, and I mean, if if you ever have a Calvin player on your team that's balancing at at one sanity, this is definitely the one action that you could take on him that would make him the most miserable because this will heal him back to full. <laughs> Good news, Calvin! I made you a lot less crazy. <laughs> You're also, you know, terrible at everything now. But, uh, uh, yeah, but I mean, discarding three terror cards at your location is no joke, though. Like, that's getting rid of two people's Frozen in Fear and, and one other terror card that I'm not thinking of that's equally as horrifying. If the TCU cards, if those were terror cards, then maybe... I think they were all like, hexes. Oh, yeah, but aren't they all hexes? They're pretty much all yeah, hexes, yeah. Which I, I think the stars would have to align, like, perfectly for there to actually be two or three of those to get rid of on the same location in the same turn, I think. So yeah. I wouldn't... I mean, that's sort of nice, but I wouldn't expect to do it too often. The extra will symbol is kind of cool because we see, like... Well, we see characters with bad will put logical reasoning in their deck, maybe to heal horror, but it's also nice just to have a sort of like a, a guts almost. Yeah. But I think that most of those characters like Finn can't take this version. So I'm not really sure which Seekers would like really want to get an extra will that way, but I don't know. It's not bad. Yeah. Doesn't Joe want it? Yeah. Joe is only at two. I, so my only, my only time playing Joe through a campaign, I was very short on XP and I had a lot of things I wanted to upgrade and this would be a pretty low priority. I think mm-hmm. like there's just, you have, cause you effectively have like 40 cards in your deck, including the hunch deck. So you just have so many cards to upgrade. I don't think you'd get around to this unless you got like 80 XP. But <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, should we move on to the next one? Let's do it. Okay, so this is another upgrade for... Uh, this is another version of Archaic Glyphs. And uh, the uh, subtitle is Markings of Isis. Wow, I, oof, Isis. <laughs> T- oof, terrorists. Very, very scary. Or or an Egyptian god. I was thinking the ancient Egyptian god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the... Was, yeah, wasn't there like an Isis in like the that archer show? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I guess it can... I, I, guess, I guess words can have a lot of different meanings. And uh, that's what we all learned today. Hooray. So anyway... This is a two-cost Seeker Asset level three. Uh, it has a intellect and a combat icon on it. It's a spell. You can only include this asset in your deck by upgrading it from Ancient Glyphs on Translated, and only if you have translated the glyphs in your campaign log. Uses three charges. Action. Spend one charge. Investigate. If you succeed, you may put an asset with printed cost of X or lower into play from your hand. X is the amount you succeeded by. And uh, it takes up an arcane slot. So how do we, what do we think about this? I guess Ar- Archaic Glyphs, I honestly don't remember what any of them do, except the cool one that gets you extra clues for every extra two that you succeed by, which is pretty fun. I mean, there's only two other versions. There's that clue one you just mentioned, and there's one that lets you, there's one that lets you automatically evade uh, an enemy that's engaged with you and uh, when you succeed at investigating. That sounds terrible. And it doesn't provoke an AOO. Well, it doesn't provoke an AOO when you do the investigate, but kind of situational. Sounds like, okay 
if Melteroni didn't exist is a much better way to get rid of enemies that were on you, but I, I don't know. I mean, if you're doing Forgotten Age, you don't want to kill stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of. fair enough, fair enough. So I guess, so the point of this is to, like, play things that cost four or five pretty cheaply, like, play expensive stuff pretty cheaply. But I feel like, you know, you're you're doing an investigate, suppose you're on a place with, like, Shroud 2, right? Like, that's pretty low, or even, like, Shroud 1. And suppose you're playing, like, Daisy, who has a base intellect of, like, five. And suppose you even have a magnifying glass out. So you're at a six versus like a one or a two. You're probably going to like draw maybe like a minus two from the bag on average. And X is going to be like three. So you're spending an action to like put something into play that costs three or lower for free. This is like such a weird card. Yeah. Well, you're also still getting the clue. Uh, Is that true? Yeah. It doesn't say instead of. Oh, yeah. I guess I guess because it doesn't say instead of gathering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. You're still doing an investigate. Yeah, I just think uh, I think if you're going to go for a build where you're trying to succeed by a lot on Investigate, you should play the one that gets you extra clues. We had Dane played that as, in a Rex deck recently, and it seemed to work pretty well. Yeah, it was pretty fun. And like that was a pretty cool build. I think I would just definitely play that instead of this. He could do this too, though. But then again, there's like there's not a lot of super expensive things. Like you could put like a value fingerprint kit down, maybe. Or but like really, there's nothing like agency backup yet. Anyways, yeah. There's like uh, what is it? The Panak manuscripts. That's like five. I think that might be the most expensive thing, right? It's it's funny that you said agency backup because that's like immediately what I was thinking of. Is like agency backup is so good. I'm really on the lookout for ways to cheat it out without having to pay for it. And like, that would be cool, but definitely nobody can play both of these cards. Okay. Well, here we go. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. T- teamwork. You handle this one. Larry, better. Larry like, Anderson, fine. you owes me this one with, with archaic glyphs. And then you can, you can succeed by a billion. Probably not though. And, uh, and get your no, but, agency back but about. Larry has to investigate though. But, ah, uh, no, <laughs> See, everybody everybody plays teamwork and everybody gives Larry all of their money. So Larry has like 20 money. And then Larry also, uh, you owe me ones a money talks. And ta-da! <laughs> or you could, uh, he could keen eye it, yeah. Is this just like a thing where like now every every card from now on, we're going to have to talk about how it combos with every other card because of you owe me one? Is that just how it's going to go? It kind of seems like the answer is yes. Maybe <laughs> that makes me a little bit mad. It makes up makes up for us not thinking of any combos that we actually talked about. You, you will be one. So <laughs> it's just, it's just everything. Everything is a combo with it. Like whatever you know. Like use use your imagination. That's my philosophy. <laughs> I guess it's just such a strange card. Charles Ross is, I think, the only only good discount thing in in Seeker, right? Or maybe the only one that exists in Seeker. I think that he's pretty good for helping your allies play things cheaper because of the fact that he helps you or your allies play things cheaper yeah this just this like while it's kind of sure it's like action condensing so to speak because you're playing things cheaper this isn't the first thing that you want out of your hand though like in order to investigate you're gonna need magnifying glasses down and then you might get like a mr rook down or something pretty quickly you could do better things with your experience i think than this yeah no play if you really want to play glyphs play guiding stones and um play you know play the build where you like try to play like cigarette case and guiding stones and as much stuff as you can to get your intellect as high as possible and then just investigate once and get like six clues yeah that's like better than this but i don't know it's 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 kind of interesting it's like a neat design space to explore it seems like the purpose of this is just to give seekers a way to like have extra money indirectly to play assets right yeah sure yeah and only and only assets not other things yeah so. they have enough card draw that they can get their emergency caches or whatever out which you know they're, if, if they're running melteroni which you know our builds do uh, against dan's recommendation uh <laughs> i i would call that more of an edict than a recommendation to be honest. <laughs> well in standalone you can't do it i guess in standalone you couldn't take this either we should we should go on to the next card though yeah so let's go into the rogue cards so the next card is stealth it's a rogue asset uh, it is two resources. It is level three. It commits for two agility symbols, and it has fast action. During your turn, exhaust stealth and evade. It commits for two agility icons. It's a talent, and it has fast action. During your turn, exhaust stealth, evade. The chosen enemy gets minus two evade for this evasion attempt. If you successfully evade the enemy, disengage, but do not exhaust it. Until the end of your turn, that enemy cannot engage you. So. This, again, is a notable upgrade from the prior version, which is level zero. Notably that it does do, it's it's a fast action rather than a regular action to evade it. Um, Rules Master Ben, if you dis, if you make this enemy disengage with you and it can't engage with you until the turn, if there's someone else at your location, it immediately hops on them, right? 
Oh, oh yeah, course, definitely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this this seems pretty not good. A lot of green characters are just good at evading things, and they would probably rather just play a card that gives them a benefit for evading, like pickpocketing or like a manual dexterity or something, and they can just evade that way. And if you're a green character and you're not naturally good at evading things, probably just play whatever the service is that automatically evades something, because I forget what it's called. Decoy? Yeah, just play decoy. I mean, if you're doing a lot of evades in a scenario, like like Forgotten Age uh, especially, this is like a free evade every turn time when you're not sitting on the same location as somebody else. So like, especially in lower player counts, that's pretty likely to happen. Okay, so we've narrowed it down to if you're playing a green character with low agility in Forgotten Age solo. Well, I don't think it's even low agility. Because it's a free trigger, that's just a, an evade you can do every turn. Probably pass, maybe trigger other stuff. It's like Finn. Yeah. It's like having a, a Finn ability every turn. Exactly. It turns you into Finn, basically. But if you're already playing Finn, who is like the best green character... You probably don't need to play it in Finn. Because <laughs> <laughs> has that. But other green characters... Yeah. I... Other green characters can be played other than Finn. I know, again, crazy. I, I'm aware that this is theoretically possible, but I haven't seen any evidence of it working out productively. Um, <laughs> did you did you block out that time when we played four-player uh, rogues? We did a podcast about it? I mean, I, I played Jenny and it kind of sucked. It was not a, it was not a good time. Uh, I also played Safina for a whole Carcosa once. That wasn't great. It, it, it didn't feel good. <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe rogues are, are just not for you, Dan. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, th- I think it's. I think that's the issue. But I also think that this kind of turns you into a temporary fin. And I think what's cool about it is that it, it kind of synergizes with some things that that rogues want to do, anyways. The minus three evade is good for like succeeding by more. Um, if you're going to play, try to get all of that value in with even with upgraded pickpocketing, right? Because upgraded pickpocketing's, I believe, when you succeed by two, you get to do both draw a card and get a money. Yeah. In addition. It combos with the best thing that combos with minus shroud or whatever in the game, which is double or nothing. You know, like <laughs> it, 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 it could technically put some agility to zero, so you can kind of do some crazy things there. Yeah, you can uh, evade it twice, so that you could disengage from it twice. No, not, not even yes. not even exhaust it twice. Disengage from it twice. No, it's like you use, you use like watch this and combo it with it, and then get like twenty four money or whatever it is. Oh yeah, there we go. I just hate everything about this. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, you've you've talked me into it. If you're playing like solo Jenny and you think you're going to be evading a lot, I can see this being pretty good because it does give you the minus two on their on their evade uh, difficulty. And maybe if you play like this and pickpocketing and stuff, like I can see that being okay, especially if you have the ball. Like XP isn't as valuable; you have more of it to spend. But I I don't think that this is like fantastic. But I think it might be okay in like a solo deck. Yeah, I think yeah. it would be a lot stronger if it was like level two, so other classes could splash into it a lot more. But maybe I know. maybe that'd be too strong for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I and I also just think that um, I mean I I've been thinking like oh it's just pretty bad if you're not solo because you don't want to like evade something and have it jump on someone. But I guess in a lot of cases you could just have them go first and move. Yeah, but then but the enemy is then going to move during enemy phase and probably catch up to somebody if it's a hunter. I know so. if it's a hunter. There's there's definitely a a good amount of cards that aren't hunters that you can just evade and leave on a location or whatever. Cause yeah. again with this, like if you're the only person standing there and you evade it and then you can do other stuff at that location, you just get to free evade it every turn effectively. Should we move on to the next card? Yeah. If we don't have any more <laughs> suggestions on how to use it. Die, die in a fire. Um, that's, that's my, <laughs> that's my suggestion for you, Ben. Um, All right. Yeah. We can move on to the next card. Speaking of suggestions. So the next card is called suggestion. Is level one rogue asset cost three with one willpower icon on it, and it is a spell. It says uh, uses three charges. If suggestion has no charges, discard it, and then it has an action on it. Exhaust suggestion, evade, add your willpower value to your skill value for this evasion attempt. If you do not succeed by at least two, remove one charge from suggestion, and it takes up the arcane slot. Compared to the original version, uh, which was a level four, uh, it does not have a reaction trigger on it that let you avoid an attack from an enemy. Oh, and it doesn't get discarded. And it loses one agility icon, right? Oh, yeah. So I think this is way better <laughs> than yeah. the, the level four version, right? Uh, yeah. It's better in some respects. Like we were talking before, the ability to splash it in people who normally couldn't take the other thing, or the the higher level suggestion, I should say. I think the, the, the cancel thing on the original suggestion... I mean, I think that when you play dodge, probably more than half the time you're playing it on elite enemies. 
Yeah. So like canceling only a non-elite attack is not super good. Maybe it becomes a little bit better if you have the um like the Silver Twilight Acolyte as your weakness or something like that. But uh, and it's also only on you. It's not like someone at your location. So yeah, I guess what I'm saying is losing that uh, losing that reaction ability is not super serious. Like you're fine without it probably. Um, but I mean, the bigger problem with both of these cards is it, it's really only good for a green character that has high willpower, which is Safina basically, right? Yeah. I guess sort of Jenny, like if she adds both, she has six. You know, I, I don't know if I read this card wrong the first time. So to use the regular evade effect on it, you don't have to have charges on the level four one. It's just you, if you fail, you have to remove a charge. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's lockpicks, but for evading. N- no, it's different. Because you don't spend... Yeah, yeah. The only thing that you spend the charges on on the original level 4 version is to do the fake dodge thing, basically. Right, but it says if you do not succeed by at least 2, you remove a charge. That's basically the same thing as lockpicks, right? If you don't succeed by 2, you have to remove a charge. That part is true, but with lockpicks, you, you're you spending a charge... Or, sorry, with lockpicks, you're... Once you're out of charges, you can't use it anymore. No, that's because it gets discarded. Yeah, 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 yeah okay. It's the same okay, as... Okay. It's lockpicks. Yeah, gotcha. It's lockpicks, but, but for evading. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that actually piques my interest even more, because is this foreshadowing a level four lockpicks that could possibly do something crazy? <laughs> Maybe. Could be. I don't know. No, probably not. Because <laughs> I would have come out of this <laughs> in this box, probably, right? Eh, I guess it could show uh, up in the they future. Could, they oh, could still why didn't the they do that? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think that you need to have, like, if your combined agility and will isn't... Well, really, I think it's if your agility isn't, like, three, or, or if your will isn't, like, three or higher, this isn't super interesting. So there was a specific investigator who came out in a specific set that evading was very important in. Larry Anderson can now dodge things. Uh, with his four will, he can add that to things. So if somebody wants to play Larry Anderson through the Forgotten Age, they might consider getting this if, you know, their team suddenly decides that they want to evade everything ever. And, you know, then, then uh, old granddad Larry is not completely SOL. I mean, doesn't he just want to, like, napalm the entire jungle with his flamethrower? <laughs> and, like, uh, you know, does, doesn't he just want to, like, play Ride of the Valkyries and, uh, you know, <laughs> surf off the coast? I think of, Dave's uh, right, though. I think that is a good use for this. Yeah. To make it, because his base agility is a one. It's a one. So this would make it so he has a five for evading. So he actually has a chance to evade stuff instead of just murder it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's pretty good. That could be a good use. Is there anyone else that's subclass green that... Can use this oh marie can use this because it's a spell giving her the ability to evade stuff like pretty easily wendy could use it i think that wendy already has a lot of other ways wendy but that's like ridiculous overkill yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like absolute com- complete overkill because wendy wendy already has four agility she already has a lot of she's gonna play peter probably like she has other ways to boost her agility yeah so she has five she's gonna play his shoes so she has six yeah she'd be at like 11 all the time if she used this yeah so probably probably not super important there I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a weird card. Maybe some decks will end up playing it. Um, it, it is probably kind of better than the level four version, just because it's not level four. So that's cool. Yeah, exactly. I just like the fact that it's more accessible for more people. It's more accessible in the level four version. I don't think it's worth the three extra experience to gain that to gain the three dodges for non elite enemies. Agreed. Yeah. Should we let's let's move on to another another spell. So we have a level two version of uh, alchemical transmutation. So this is a mystic asset, cost zero, level two, has a willpower and an intellect icon. It's a spell, uh, uses four charges, action, exhaust, alchemical transmutation, spend one charge, test will zero. For each point you succeed by, gain one resource to a maximum of four. If a skull, cultist, tablet, elder thing, or autofail symbol is revealed during this test, take one damage, and it takes up an arcane slot. So the differences from the previous version is it's level 2 instead of level 0, it costs 0 instead of 1, it has an extra intellect icon, it has 4 charges instead of 3, the test is test difficulty 0 instead of 1, and uh, for each point you succeed by 2 a maximum of 4 instead of 3. So there's actually there's, there's a whole bunch of small changes to it. It definitely pumps it up and makes it sort of stronger numerically. What do you, what do you guys think? Are you, are you going to play Alchemical Transmutation level 2? It's the spell nobody asked for! <laughs> I think if it was level zero, that would make it, you know, like an actual card you'd want to include in your deck. <laughs> um, Maybe. Because level one's like pretty bad, right? The existing level zero one is pretty bad, right? It's it's tough. You have to spend an action to gain three money with the potential to hurt yourself. And you have to put it into play first. Takes up a spell slot. It's a lot. I honestly, 
I really want to like this card. Like, I like the idea of having kind of like a money engine in Mystic so you can actually play those expensive spells. Yeah. But it's just, the thing is, it's it's so difficult to get more spell slots in this game. Like, for anyone who's played Netrunner, playing a Mystic in Arkham reminds me of playing like a Shaper if you only had like three memory and it was really <laughs> hard to get more. Like, if Akamatsu Memchip costs like five credits or something, like, it's just, it's really tough to fit. Because you pretty much, most of the time, you're going to play like Rite of Seeking or Sixth Sense, and you're going to play Shriveling. So you really don't have room for additional spells, unless they're things that you can like quickly play, use them up, and then replace them with something else. So That's true, yeah. It, yeah, because even if, you, even if you are going to play Sign Magic or Tome of Shadows or something to get another slot, you're maybe going to play like Clarity of Mind or something. Like, there's other spells that are in competition with this. I agree. So for all those reasons, it's really hard to fit this into a deck. But I mean, it is you definitely get a lot of money with this if you do play it. I mean, once upon a time, I asked a question. What is the most amount of resources you can get in one turn and which investigator can do it? And I answered that question. It was Safina using alchemical transmutation, double or nothing, committing a watch this. So this only allows that to be even greater yield. Just one watch this, not two watch this? Oh, no, two watch this is <laughs> a double or nothing, and alchemical transmutation now brings that up to four. You can't play two double or nothings anymore, right? No, it's limit one for test. Great. That's true. You could get an absurd amount of money. It's just in one action. You have to be able to benefit from that money. And then for the rest of the game, your teammates hate you because you do absolutely nothing. <laughs> All right. Well, when when Dane starts maintaining the Arkham version of the Guinness Book of World Records just for dumb <laughs> facts like this, then we'll we'll put a little annotation in there for alchemical transmutation level two. Perfect. Yeah, yeah I appreciate the effort they put in to try to make it better, but yeah, I think it still doesn't make the cut. <laughs> Please, FFG, uh, you know, card design team, please give us more spell slots in Mystics. Give us, like, reasonable, not super expensive and awkward ways to get an extra spell slot, because it would make Mystics a lot more fun. Don't you think even if they printed an investigator and and their ability was literally, you have plus one spell slot, wouldn't that just be kind of like Chaos Theory? Uh, Well, Chaos Theory is pretty good. I I guess so. You know, Chaos Theory won some tournaments and stuff. Are you talking about the mathematical theory? that jeff goldblum <laughs> talks about in jurassic park we're talking right. about we're talking about a like a 14 year old hacker girl with a uh, dinosaur with a toy dinosaur uh, oh that, that was my favorite card in that game when i looked at it it was great can we somehow get dinosaurus like a dinosaurus reference in this game that would be great they i mean they had the chance in the forgotten age and they i think they dropped the ball <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah, that, was, that was the time for dinosaurs Aww. but the thing is like i don't even I don't even really want an investigator where their ability is just that they get an extra spell slot. I I really want like some kind of asset that gives you an extra spell slot that doesn't have like a huge drawback to it, like taking up a hand slot and costing three like sign magic or, uh, you know, or costing XP. Like just give me something that provides some marginal benefit, like drawing you a card when it comes into play and gives you a spell slot or something like that. That'd be cool. That'd be a fun card. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll take a pass with alchemical transmutation, unless I'm going to do some crazy combo with Zephina, I think. Yeah, I'll I'll look forward to maybe fitting into some deck someday when there is a way to spend the money and an extra a way to get spell slots without really going to, to the great lengths. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how about the next card? The next card is Storm of Spirits. So this is level three Storm of Spirits. It still costs three resources to play. It's an event. Commits for one will and two combat symbols as opposed to the prior ones just one combat symbol uh it's a spell and it says fight this attack uses willpower instead of combat you get plus two willpower for this attack if you succeed instead of its standard damage this attack deals three damage to each enemy at your location any additional damage is dealt to the attacked enemy if a spooky symbol uh is revealed during the attack deal two damage to each investigator at your location so the difference is being uh it gives you plus two willpower when you use it it commits for an additional combat it deals three damage to each enemy at location, and it deals two damage to each investigator at location should you draw something uh, spooky. That's okay. There's not that many spooky tokens in the bag, right? You've only got like a one in three shot of dynamiting all of your friends, basically, <laughs> right? So. That's better than just regular dynamite, though, right? Which is just a guaranteed that is, shot of dynamiting everyone. That's true. That's one way to look at so it. So it's in use for Eldritch Inspiration, which desperately needs uh, things that can be used on. Does it, though? <laughs> I was going to say, oh, this seems like a great card for Savina, but uh, it's level three. Bum, bum. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing, too. That was my main proposed use case. <laughs> so... Yeah, but you know what? Great Lola card. <laughs> <laughs> really great Lola card. Because, uh, I mean, because think about it. She can play this and stealth. 
and <laughs> archaic glyphs upgraded. <laughs> Think of how good a deck that would be. Uh, just wait until they release a Lola novel or something, and they change her <laughs> card slightly, and it like makes her like way more interesting to play. And a million little pieces. Visible. The Lola Hayes story, <laughs> <laughs> but like a Lola memoir. Uh, this would have been their opportunity to add a new Lola card too. They could have put it printed in this. They could just like, oh yeah, here's Lola. Um, fresh from her new play I don't there's know. no business like show business as far as this card goes so the plus two will at first i was thinking oh that's not that great because Storm- the whole point of storm of spirits really is to use it like a dynamite and hit like three things at once so usually you just attack whichever of them has the lowest combat difficulty and you pretty much assume you're going to hit if you don't get auto fail like you don't really need a will boost most of the time if you're a mystic so that's not super great but i mean i don't know i think that it is kind of a lot of XP, but you could almost use this as just sort of like an I've got a plan, just like a single pretty strong attack against one enemy, and it's like, okay, because it does do three damage. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, it's a spell, so you can you can search for it with Arcane Initiate, and... That does make a big difference. It can get upgraded cheaper with Arcane Research. Yeah, although we're pretty much already at critical mass with Arcane Research, where by the time you get through a campaign, you have enough spells, just upgrading the kind of main spells of... um right of seeking and shriveling and then maybe like ward of protection that already is enough to use up your arcane research like pretty much every scenario if you stagger it out but if you want to like really upgrade those early on and you still want to have spells left over at the end of the game to upgrade this could be a choice for that like this and like deny existence are things that usually could do at the end of the campaign so yeah i mean not bad like if you're playing a one of storm of spirits in your mystic deck and if you have enough XP, you'll probably eventually upgrade this. It's probably not super high on your priority list. But, you know, if there's a... I'm trying to think of scenarios where there's just a lot of weak enemies that you really want to dynamite or storm of spirits. And I can't think of too many. Like, maybe um, maybe the secret name? Is that the one with Brown Jenkin and all the rats? It is. There's lots of rats, but they're not particularly weak as it goes on yeah i mean there's also like depths of yoth that you have the pursuit zone so there are things constantly popping up yeah they're not particularly weak enemies but yeah what's the scenario that has all the birds in it in circle undone like there's lots of weak birds in that island of birds island of birds i forget i can't remember the The weaver of the cosmos (laughs) a thousand shapes of horror no (laughs) it's not in the clutches of chaos is it no anyway yeah i think there's uses for it it's just, I don't know, if it was level two, I'd be more excited about it. But like whenever we get like a level three card, it's like, uh, yeah, I guess this class that already is good at this stuff can use it. Yeah, this should, I wish this was level two. I don't think it would be too strong as a level two card. They could have made it slightly weaker. Like, But hey, you know, it's another chance for Lola to shine. You know, it's another <laughs> opportunity to remember, remember what's so great about Lola, which is that she can play level three cards. I mean, if, if a mystic <laughs> is going like pure, you know, fighter they could consider this as an upgrade because if they're just going like shriveling withering or shriveling and Mr. Wang song or not Mr. Wang song, whatever, whatever the gym one is, you know, that kind of stuff, they could consider doing this if they're just not going to play any six cents or anything like that. This is just a way to deal three damage to enemies, which is pretty, pretty key in some situations when you're not playing Agnes. That being said, the drawback is kind of worse. Yeah, (laughs) that is true. Yeah, I mean, if you're going like full on murder Akachi, maybe you do, maybe you just play Shrivelings, two of these, two Enchanted Blades. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then you you have a lot of cards in your deck that can murder things. And then, yeah, you really hope that you don't. I mean, do not play the card that lets you like cancel effects of drawing a skull because it's, it's still a bad card. Elder Inspiration? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Or a Counterspell? Why do that when you could just play with a Mark, who will just draw a card off it, right? Like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could just use Dark Prophecy on this card. Oh, that lets you draw five yeah. tokens, and then you have to select... The autofill is usually... Some... <laughs> the right. autofill, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, usually, usually when I've seen people play that card, they, it usually just forces them to take tentacles. Uh, <laughs> when does that happen? Uh, you know, it happened to this guy I knew a couple of times. It was pretty funny. <laughs> So moving on to more survivor type cards. Yeah, let's move on to the next one. Uh, <laughs> so the next card is Lantern level two. It is a survivor asset. Cost one, has two intellect icons on it, and it's an item and a tool. The guy on the art kind of looks like a tool. All right. Um, <laughs> the ability on it wow. is... fired. <laughs> is, Take uh, that guy. <laughs> guy holding a lantern. <laughs> yeah. You thought you could get away with just standing in the art of this card with kind of a frown, like a grumpy frowny face. 
And uh, well, not today because Ben was here to you know take a take a take a dump all over you. <laughs> How dare you be displeased in this art? All right, you can you can keep reading the card, Ben. We're sorry. The uh, the effect of the card is uh, you can as an action you can investigate. Your location gets minus one shroud for this investigation or action discard lantern deal one damage to an enemy at your location or remove lantern from the game to deal two damage instead. Section does not provoke tax opportunity. And it takes up a hand slot. And uh, rather than... So can we maybe talk about this and the next card together? Let me just read the next card because they're pretty similar. So there's an upgraded Gravedigger Shovel as well. Hooray! So one cost survivor asset. This time it's level two. It has two combat icons. And it's an item, tool, weapon, melee. That's a lot of traits. Action fight. You get plus two combat for this attack. Action discard Gravedigger Shovel. Discover one clue at your location. Or remove Gravedigger Shovel from the game to discover two clues instead. Takes up a hand slot. So both of these new cards, the differences are the level went up by two, the cost went down from two to one, they got an extra icon of the same type, and the second action ability where you discard it to to do something without doing a test, in both cases you now have the option to, instead of discarding it, remove it from the game to like double the effect. So instead of dealing one damage, you do two. Instead of discovering one clue, you discover two. So pretty, pretty kind of symmetrical cards in that way. So, gosh, I, I can't think of, uh, I just can't think of like an investigator that would really want to play these. Dane, do you have any ideas for, uh, for what kind of investigator would maybe want to like wander around in a graveyard, kind of uh, drunkenly reciting half-remembered Shakespeare soliloquies and uh, <laughs> discarding shovels and lanterns to do things? I'm pretty sure you're talking about Min, but I'm not totally sure. Is it Duke the dog? both of them both of them would very much enjoy digging up things in a graveyard i'm sure i mean min does read books and shakespeare did write some books so both of those statements are accurate if you're talking about yorick i think he doesn't really like the upgraded versions of these cards because he can't fish them out of the garbage because they get removed from the game if you use the more powerful action well he has the choice i think the big thing is the one discount that is huge yeah that is enormous is it two experience, Doris? I think it is. Honestly, I really think it is. I think when I saw these cards, I was like, oh, these are Yorick's bread and butter cards. But then they couldn't be because you could just play knife and it was just straight up better. And I think it probably still is better as a combat card. But like, I think these cards are just really good for committing. Maybe you could do some sort of scavenging shenanigans with Min because she can use a lot of like cheap items. For example, newspaper level two, lantern level two. Get those book icons in the bin when she succeeds by a lot. She can just pick these right back up and keep committing them. That being said, her whole thing is skill cards, so I'm not sure how that works out. Yeah, I I kind of think that maybe this is like what the level zero versions should have been because it's not exactly even if these were level zero, I don't think that these would be like incredible. They're just like sort of good because the shovel it's a weapon that doesn't give you additional damage, which usually we don't like very much. Yeah, you can discard it to discover a clue, which is pretty cool, but it takes an action. Like you're, it's not like working a hunch. You still have to pay an action to do it. And then if you're if you're looping it, if you're then going to play it from your uh, discard pile and then do it again, like you're just spending action, a lot of actions to do this. I think that could be kind of an interesting deck. It's like a cool synergy with William York, but it's like Dane said, I think like knife might still be kind of better. Yeah. Like I think there still are probably better assets to keep replaying than than these two. Yeah, it's t- I think it's tough. I mean, like the lantern, I think is probably better for somebody like like Min who wants to investigate more. And even that's kind of a stress just because she's literally a seeker who literally have the best cards of the game. Yeah, like it, like she'd be playing this instead of like Fingerprint Kit or something. Or you know. <laughs> Yeah, but I think that when you're thinking of a cluer who is a survivor, you're thinking of cards like Winging It on Wendy. Mm-hmm. You're thinking of Lockpicks on Wendy. You're thinking of like Newspaper Level 2. You're thinking of like... Guiding Spirit. Yeah, Guiding Spirit. Look what I found. All that stuff is just very much like better than Lantern Level 2. Just because it's one, you can only use it once unless you can recur it from the discard pile, like using scavenging in some weird way, I think. Yeah, and, and notably, you can't use this at the same time as winging it because they're both an investigate action. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I and I think like the ability to have something that is sort of like a magnifying glass, but then when you need to, you can remove it from the game to do two damage to something like that could be good under the right circumstances, especially in solo. So I don't want to completely count it out. And I also, I think that just the kind of synergy and symmetry between these is pretty cool. Like, it would be interesting to try a William York or maybe a Mindek with these, but I kind of wish they were a little bit stronger. But, you know, I mean, I it, it would be worth a shot to, like, try building a deck around these. Yeah. At least for a theme for York, because the original two were just kind of like, eh. 
and they were clearly clearly designed for him to be using yeah for sure uh, but you know they just were a little too lackluster yeah and it is you know because it is tough to just like you're using if you're using both your hand slots for these you're passing up a lot of other options that might be better but i don't know it's it's kind of cool like you're gonna get to do some cool stuff where you like play them and then immediately replay them and you know could could be fun yeah yeah some potential there yeah but i think that that's kind of it for the player cards though right yeah, that's uh, that's all of the upgraded player cards we've got, except for a few uh, very spooky new basic weaknesses. Dane really does not want these to exist. I think he's trying to pretend <laughs> they are not an option, so he can be like, "Oh yeah, no, I I don't have those. They're not in my pile of basic weaknesses." Yeah, so end of the episode, right, guys? We're, we're just uh, calling it off here. Uh, we should, yeah, let's let's talk about these. All right, so there are three new basic weaknesses. No, there aren't. The text on them is very similar with the exception of how you get rid of each one, is different on the three versions. So they are called the Unspeakable Oath. Dun, dun, dun. And then they each have a subtitle. But all of them are a basic weakness, Madness Pact, Campaign Mode Only, Peril Hidden, Revelation, secretly add this card to your hand, which is what you do with all <laughs> player cards. But uh, forced when the game ends or you are eliminated if this card is in your hand you earn two fewer experience awful <laughs> and then uh, the three different versions all have a different way to get rid of this from your hand so bloodthirst has a reaction of when you deal damage to an enemy in excess of its remaining health discard this card from your hand uh, curiosity has a reaction of after you successfully investigate a location with no clues on it discard this card from your hand and cowardice has an action evade use only on an exhausted unengaged enemy at your location if you succeed discard this card from your hand so all of them are basically things that are like you have to do they don't actually help you progress the game state at all yeah like they're all kind of like overkill sort of things that you have to do yeah but yeah. uh i think certain investigators might be very sad if they get <laughs> certain cards here right yeah i agree <laughs> i mean most notably mark could just deal with all of these pretty fine yeah however that's the thing that's kind of weird about all of these is that like depending on which one you get and what investigator you're playing it might be actually one of the best weaknesses that's like the least difficult to get rid of exactly yeah yeah, yeah. but if you get the wrong one it could be very annoying but i just want to say i think that the penalty for these which is getting too less experience like if that happens a lot, it is very annoying because this is um, Joe Diamond's weakness works similarly. And I had it go off a couple of times when we were playing um, the, our blind run through Circle Undone. And it is very frustrating. But when you compare it to something like Silver Twilight Acolyte that can just put a doom on the board or even something like Amnesia that can just wipe out your hand. I mean, I'll take this every time over those. It really depends upon the investigator, I think. Yeah, there are cards that you theoretically should be able to get rid of with one action. You know, if you don't auto fail. Yeah, compared to other weaknesses that are two actions to get rid of, you know, it's pretty okay. Especially Rulesmaster Ben, I have a question. Oh no! Suppose, suppose I have bloodthirst. Suppose I'm going to attack an enemy and I've like a beat cop out, and I'm going to do only enough damage to kill it. Like, suppose I'm I, there's an enemy with one health. Can I, like, attack it, and then do I have a window to beat cop ping it for one before it dies to no. do extra damage? No. Immediately dies. Nope. Yeah, so with Bloodthirst, you have to be able to do at least two damage with the attack. Yeah. yeah. So if you're playing someone that doesn't have a way to do damage, you'll have to maybe modify your deck a little bit to have that option. It's super rough. Yeah, but, like, maybe all it means is that you have to have, like, a backstabbed or a, I've got a plan in your deck, which are often cards that you're going to play anyway. Like most decks are going to have some way to do a, a big chunk of damage at once as like a special event, you know, like you're going to have ways to get rid of this. I think it just, it sucks to have to hold on to it until you finally find this card. Yeah. And then if you fail that test, what are you going to do? You just, you just straight up, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's all going to be annoying sometimes. Like most weaknesses can be bad if you get unlucky, but I, all I'm saying is like, I think that these are, even if you get the one that doesn't really match what your normal role is, I honestly think it's not that bad. I think that the successfully investigating a location with no clues on it, if you're like a pure fighter, could be pretty rough. And I think the evading one could be annoying for a lot of people. I mean, I guess most scenarios have like probably at least one enemy in the encounter deck that has like a two agility difficulty or two evasion difficulty. But, but what if you're Larry? Larry Anderson. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Then, then you got to get suggestion in your deck. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't you can suggestion with this. Uh, you know, yeah, that's true. This is a separate action. <laughs> right. so, you, so you have to do user uh, one. See that? Why doesn't why? it? Why doesn't it? Oh, you know why? I think it. Why is it? 
I think it has to do that because you're maybe you're not allowed to evade an already exhausted enemy or something. Uh, yeah. Because it doesn't change the game state, maybe? It's true, yeah. No, well, you, you can only evade an enemy that you're engaged with unless you have a card that says otherwise. Oh, so you would have to, because then it would really suck because you'd have to, like, engage an evaded, an exhausted enemy and then... Yeah. So, yeah. I guess that's why I did that. But you're right, though, that you can't combo it with cards. I wish it just said you may use this action on an enemy that is not... Oh, but then it would almost be, like, a plus. Okay, it should say an exhausted enemy that is not engaged with you. You may use it on... Yeah. That's too much text. They look, they ran out of room. They even they had to like <laughs> push the final line to the right a little bit. because uh, they, they like didn't have room for like a full last line. So that's that's probably why. I sort of wish that maybe this is in the rules even. Like like if you get this weakness in your deck that maybe you had to change it like every scenario so that other people playing with you didn't know which weakness you have. <laughs> that was kind of the whole theme of the hidden cards, right? Oh, that that would be cool. It's possible that actually is in the instructions. I'm only looking at the cards, but oh, yeah. that would definitely be a cool way to handle these. It could be, yeah, especially if you had like two people with them and it was like each time you have to kind of put them into a pool and then shuffle them and deal one out to, to each person that had one. Like, uh-huh. That'd be a lot, hard, make it a lot harder to adjust your deck to be able to deal with them, but I think it would make it, could could be a little bit more fun and a little bit more yeah spice uh, confusion to what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I think that bottom line, I think that it's all a matter of probabilities, but I think there's a pretty good chance that for a lot of investigators, you're going to get one of these that's at least sort of reasonable to deal with compared to like, you know, spending two actions to get rid of most of the other basic weaknesses. And the penalty for not doing it, like, again, losing two XP is pretty bad if it happens like several times, because then you're pretty far behind on cards that you need. But if it happens like once or twice, it's really not that big a deal. So I, I, I think these are I think these are interesting and I think that they're like not the worst weaknesses to get. They might not be the best, but they're like not the worst. Yeah, I agree with that assessment. Yeah, same. That being said, they're horrible with the other hidden cards in the Carcosa in general. <laughs> Some of them say like you can't trigger triggered abilities or you know, you can't use no. things, stuff like that. So that's I I'm guessing that's the whole thing here. But anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's our review of the cards from Return to Carcosa. We're definitely excited to see all these changes to the campaign. Is there anything that you guys were pretty excited to see uh, in Return to Carcosa? Is anybody going to be trying to make 40 resources in one action happen with Safina? Comment wherever you listen to podcasts or email us at miskatonicuniversityradio at gmail.com. Remember, if you do have questions you want to answer, email us, and we'll talk about it on an upcoming mailbag episode. Until then, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. I'm going to I'm going to cut out the thing about uh I'm going to cut out the thing about me mistakenly thinking it has charges and I'm going to cut your terrible pun. <laughs> so <laughs> and none of you can do anything about it because I'm the only one that edits the podcast. So if you want to change any of this, volunteer to do the editing. <laughs> that's what Fine. I that's what I should do. I should just start editing in like I should just start cutting stuff together to make make it sound like Dane and Ben are both saying like I like farts. Yes, I love eating farts. <laughs> And then you guys will have to take over the editing because it's going to be the only way to make this stop. (laughs) Oh, no.